0: It's good to have all of you that are here with us tonight for the start of our Easter weekend celebrations. I just want to take a moment to remind you that on Sunday we have two services at 9.30 and 11, identical services at 9.30 and 11, so whichever one of those works for you, we would love to have you come and worship with us uh, this coming Sunday as we celebrate Easter together. (coughs) I'm... uh, I, I love Easter. It's kind of, to me, it's not just the, the spiritual side of it, to be honest. It's like where nature turns a corner, isn't it? It's like winter is over, says he, hopefully, right? Winter is over, and like things are beginning to change, and that's, uh, that, that, that's such a huge thing. Although, I must confess, I was confused a, a week or two ago, I, I went in one night, and um, my wife was watching TV, and she was watching a Hallmark Christmas movie. And I thought, dear Lord, did I miss 10 months? And she's watching this Hallmark Christmas movie. And, and I know some of you are absolutely, you know, you, you love Hallmark Christmas movies. And that's wonderful. I mean, you know, 10 different actors, that's it for every, you know, and, 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 and one plot, right? Right? It's one plot. There's the couple, and they get to meet, and they start to get friendly. Then something happens, and they drift apart, and then somebody gives one of them a good talking to and says, you really need to go for it if you want him or want her, and they go after it. They go together, and they meet up again. They kiss, and then you get the titles. It's the end, (laughs) right? That's every single Hallmark movie that I've ever seen, though thank God I haven't seen many, But, but that's you know, that's everyone. You know how everyone is gonna end. And you know something while Good Friday is a sobering day. The fact is we know how it ends. So that actually makes a world of difference. We we, we know it. We know Sunday's coming, right? We we, we know that. We know, we know the story doesn't end with crucifixion. We know the story doesn't end with the death of Jesus. We know, thank God, that we go on from there to the miraculous resurrection of Christ and the defeat of death. We know that. But on that first Good Friday, there was something very different for followers of Jesus. The disciples didn't know what you and I know sitting here tonight. They didn't know that. They didn't know Easter follows. Now, a year later, everybody knew Easter followed. And every year after that, when Good Friday comes around, they knew it's, you know, it's okay really though because Sunday comes. But that very first Good Friday, the disciples didn't know. As far as they were concerned, it was over. It was done. Now, there's a fascinating thing going to happen in the next ten minutes here. I'll tell you what the fascinating thing is. What do you do when, instead of taking last Sunday's notes out of your preaching Bible and throwing them away and putting tonight's in, what happens when you've apparently put tonight's notes in the trash can? So, here we go. This could be a very short evening, folks. <laughs> a very short evening. Now, now here's the, here's the thing, because I'm good, because we got all the, all, all the words up on the idiot screen at the back that I can read, so that's good. The thing is the disciples should have known what was going to happen. Because sometime before, Matthew 16 verse 21 says this, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to His disciples that He must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that He must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. So Jesus had started telling his disciples what was actually going to be happening way ahead of time. In fact, over in Luke's gospel, it says this. Luke 9:22. He said, "The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders." Oh, look. All right. So you're not going to get out early. So Jesus told them, the Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed, and on the third day must be raised to life. So Jesus had made it clear to his disciples that be going to Jerusalem, he would suffer at Jerusalem, he would die in Jerusalem, and he would be raised to life. And he said that to them on more than one occasion. And yet when Christ was crucified, the fact is they thought it was all over. And there's a couple of things I want to just point out to you from this story. And firstly, that is this, grief can dull your faith. When life doesn't go the way you expect it to go, that can impact your faith. When when suddenly things happen that cause you great concern, great heartache, it can really impact your faith. To me, the best post-resurrection story in the Gospels is in Luke's gospel. It's the story of two of Jesus' followers who are leaving Jerusalem the afternoon, late afternoon of Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day, but they didn't know He'd risen again, and they were basically leaving now because it was all over, and they'd given up. And, and it says this in Luke 24, 21. Sorry, let me, let me back up. As they were walking towards where they lived, Jesus came and joined them. Now, I don't know why the Bible doesn't say why. It's pointless to speculate. It says they didn't recognize him. So, so Jesus comes and he joins them. And he says, what are, you, what are you so sad about? What's the matter with you? They say, really? Are you a stranger in Jerusalem? Have you got no idea what's been going on there the last few days? And Jesus said to them, no, tell me. And they told him about how Jesus had come. They thought he was the Savior, how he had been crucified. And here's where we pick it up, verse 21 of Luke chapter 24. We had our hopes up that he was the one, the one about to deliver Israel. And it's now the third day since it happened. Some of our women there completely confused us. Early this morning, they were at the tomb, and they couldn't find the body They came back with a story that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of our friends went off to the tomb to check and found it empty, just as the women said. But they didn't see Jesus. Things hadn't worked out the way these people expected them to work out. Their hopes had been dashed. And so here they were, heading back to their Lives without Christ, before Christ, heartbroken, confused. And you know, sometimes it is easy to lose hope when life goes that way. But I just want to remind you tonight, never lose sight of the outstanding truth that shines out from this weekend as a whole. God brings life out of death. God brings life out of death. However impossible the situation. We were looking at one of those videos where Martha told the story of how her brother Lazarus had been sick and then died. But the fact is, Jesus came and Jesus brought life out of death. Jesus died on Good Friday, but on Easter Sunday, He rose from the dead, life out of death. And the God who brought Christ back to life again is the God who can bring life out of death for you in your life and in your situations too. God is the God of the impossible. Easter's about resurrection. And thank God we're in a position the disciples weren't. We have the whole picture. We have the complete story. We're, just not, we're not just locked into Friday and in death, but we also celebrate Easter Sunday and death defeated. And more than that, in the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse 32, it says this, if God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst, by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? If God gave us his son, is there anything else that God wouldn't do for us? Simple answer, no, there isn't. There's nothing else that God will not do for us. The disciples didn't know what came next, but we do. If you're going through disappointment and discouragement in life right now, I just want to remind you, you know what comes next? Resurrection. Life. Don't let grief dull your faith, but tonight, declare your confidence in the God of the resurrection. Grief impacted them. And then unbelief can... Obscure the truth. Jesus had told them numerous times that he was going to die and he was going to rise from the dead. The Old Testament prophets had predicted it. They were well acquainted with the Old Testament Scriptures. They talked about a suffering Savior. So they would all have been very much in the picture. But when the moment came, it all seemed to be lost. I believe this is God's Word. Okay, I'll say that again, and, 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 and if one person said amen, that would be quite reassuring. <laughs> because it would mean that in 24 years of ministry with this church, I'd achieve something. Okay, this is God's Word. Yeah. Okay, we're doing good. <laughs> but, but it is. This, this is. This is God's Word. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Some of you are going to misunderstand me now and get really upset, but that's happened before, and you've got over it. Um, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Until I really let it impact my life, it's words in a book. Amen. Yes. See, it's, that's, just, that's just words in a book until I take them to heart, until I get to the place where I really believe them. Not just saying, I believe the Bible. Anybody can say they believe the Bible. The devil believes the Bible. He better. Tells him how he's going to end up. (laughs) But it's words in a book until it really hits our hearts. The disciples had all the prophecies about what would happen to Christ. They'd heard Jesus himself say it, but apparently they hadn't fully grasped it for themselves. Unbelief can obscure the truth. So why in Matthew, when Jesus told a, a story we call the parable of the sower about seed being sown in different kinds of ground, he said this, when anyone hears the news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in, it remains on the surface. So the evil one comes along and plucks it right out of the person's heart. He said that happens to God's Word sometimes. They hear it, but it's taken straight away. Let God's promises grip your heart. And from your perspective, don't let go of them. Don't let go of them. Because you can totally trust what God has said. The Apostle Paul, when he was writing the, the, the letter to the Hebrews, He he said this in Hebrews 4.2, he said, we received the same promises as those people in the wilderness, the exodus with Moses. He said, we received the same promises as those people, but the promises didn't do them a bit of good, notice the next phrase, because they didn't receive the promises with faith. It's easy for us to say we believe in the resurrection because we know the story beyond Good Friday and the cross. The disciples didn't know how things would pan out. None of them was looking for the resurrection. But I want to encourage you today. Hold on to everything God has ever promised you because God is faithful to you and true to His Word. Don't let unbelief obscure the truth. And the final thing is this. Fear can change your focus. When Jesus was arrested, the disciples fled. They left Him. Why? Because they were terrified. They thought that they were going to be next. In, In fact, when Jesus rose from the dead, in John chapter 20. It it says this, later on that day, the disciples had gathered together, but fearful of the Jews had locked all the doors in the house. They were terrified. If these people could kill Jesus, then none of them was safe. But that's the only piece of the puzzle that they could see at that point these people had killed Jesus. What they didn't know is that Jesus had risen from the dead. Amen. And they lived in fear that was unnecessary fear. But the fact is this, when faith goes out the window, fear fills the void. Now, fear and faith are often very, very close to one another, but they can't be in the same place at the same time. At night when we turn the light out, more often than not, my wife says, it's dark. And I say, that's because I turn the light off. (laughs) Because you can't have both. It's going to be either light or dark, right? If I turn the light on, it's going to be light. If I turn the light off, it's going to be dark. Faith and fear might be close to one another. They might be a split second apart at times, but they can't coexist. And fear can change your focus and turn you from trusting God. Listen, it's Good Friday, but we all know that Sunday's coming. We all know what comes next. So you know what? We are not afraid. We hold on to truth. And we declare our faith. We believe God at the darkest hour, through the darkest night, because we know, we know a resurrection morning will follow. Would you stand and pray with me, please, as the band comes back? Let's pray together.